Oh, yeah. T-G-I-F, let's go neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby-doo-wop. Wada. Yeah. Welcome back to By the Book. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. This is episode 13 of season 2 of the Corona Cup, a.k.a. the Tournament of Nerdiness. Um, hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. This episode is set to come out, I think, sometime in early April. It is the later half of the middle of March right now as I record. And again, somewhere along the line, um, we'll hit our one-year anniversary of doing these episodes, of having made a tournament to help keep me sane. And once again, just want to say... I'm grateful to all of you who continue to listen. I'm supremely grateful to those of you who interact with me about it and let me know that you listen and let me know that you're interested. Um, You know, I would do something like this anyways, but being able to have it be a little more interactive always makes it more fun. So the setup, we've got the big DC Matthews DDT wrestling uh, Tervis Cup complete with straw we have the notebook uh currently open to page 25 and 26 that's set we have the spreadsheet which is uh redacted and randomized uh hidden throughout this episode actually i suppose it's hidden now it won't be when you hear it in this episode we will hear from jeremy twice and glenn thrice Because, as you know, if you've listened to recent episodes, I made a little mistake, as typical, when putting together the hot tags. We have a lot of hot tags to go through. So in the 26 names that I have uh, to do on this episode, five of them are from Glenn and Jeremy. So this episode, sort of co-sponsored by the Piece of Business podcast, uh, which you can listen to with Glenn and Jeremy. Uh, An excellent listen, if I say so myself, and I do. So, I did not do anything on purpose. There were no machinations, uh, machinations, machinations. Um, I was tempted to try to set up a Glenn versus Jeremy battle with one hot tag versus the other, and let's see who can persuade me to go with their particular team. Um, I didn't do that purposefully. I am crossing my fingers and hoping that it happens randomly, that the deities of randomness will doth shine down upon us and we'll get it. We could also get, truthfully, because I'm doing it randomly, 
we could get some hot Jeremy on Jeremy or Glenn on Glenn action, which I think will make all of us feel just a little uncomfortable. I'm ready. I hope you are ready. Let us begin. Page 25 begins with the number one seed, uh, Tonga Loa and uh, Tomatonga. Hey, funny that I got Camacho's name first. Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny taking on the Harris brothers. Now, the Harris brothers have a couple of iterations, Ron and Don. Um, <clears throat> you might know them from the Disciples of Apocalypse. You might know them from their run in TNA or WCW as just big, bald henchmen. I first discovered Jacob and Eli when they were the Blue Brothers uh, in the WWF 94, 95, my wheelhouse time when I was watching all the time. Uh, also, my first exposure to Zeb Coulter, a.k.a. Um, Dutch Mantel. First time I had ever seen him, as well as Uncle Zebekiah with the Blue Brothers. They're not fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, but to my pre-teenage mind, um, I believed at the time they were Appalachian hillbillies who, you know, somebody had dragged out of the mountains and put in a wrestling ring. Uh, while I don't know a ton about the Gorillas of Destiny, I have seen enough of them to know that clearly they should win this match. And so the Brothers Blue head into the Constellation. All right, we turn now to the random redacted document. As I said earlier, uh, <clears throat> five of these names will come from Glenn or Jeremy, so we could get a hot tag right off the bat. Let's see. I think it is, right? Is this right? I don't know if this is right. Hold on. We'll do this live. Darn it, we'll do it live. Do I have... No. Oh, it actually isn't. I thought it would be a hot tag, um, but it is not on my list of hot tags that exist. Uh, it is the team of Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner. Um, you know, uh, the reason I assumed it was a hot tag was because of Jeremy. Jeremy is a huge mark for Eddie Gilbert. Uh Gasses him up to use the New Day uh, parlance. I don't really enjoy those segments, by the way. Can I just mention that? Can I do a hot take instead of a hot tag? I don't need the gas ups. That that can go away. I have some water. Um, but yeah, I assumed that anytime Eddie Gilbert was in here, um, it was going to be something that Jeremy would want to speak on. Unless I missed something. It is not. Um I have vague ideas of this team. Rick Steiner was brought in almost kind of in a Eugene sort of way. He was a big dummy, essentially. Um, I don't know much about this team, so we will see uh, who they're facing. will give us an idea of who will win. It is the Vulture Squad of Ruckus and Jigsaw. Well, I mean, come on now. Ruckus and... And, and and jigsaw yeah how, how can you uh how can you not go with uh ruckus and uh jigsaw yeah i don't know who those guys are i assume it's like combat zone wrestling or something like that so even without a hot tag uh the team of gilbert 
and Steiner will advance. I've at least watched both of them wrestle separately. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a ruckus or jigsaw match. Tempted to just uh, put in Rocksteady and Bebop. I don't think there are any teams on here that... um, Let me start again. I don't think there are any teams that exist in the more recent past um, that I haven't included that I should. I suppose there's a MSK, Nash Lee and Wes Carter, or Wes Lee and Nash Carter, or Nash Bridges and uh, Wes Anderson. I don't know their names. Um, I guess that's a team that exists. I... Now that, you know, everything's moving to the Peacock, I've kind of just, I don't care about NXT. I'll watch the takeovers, but I just all but stopped even trying to catch up on the weekly episodes. Um, So, yeah, so Eddie and and Rick will get the win. Kind of an auspicious way to start in that I'm not familiar with really either of these teams. Again, no hot tag. Uh, Perhaps Jeremy will offer one into round two as to why Eddie and Rick should defeat their next opponents. We'll find out. Next up, have we, okay, and now I'm just confused. I'm sorry. I apologize um, to all of you because here's what I did. I took the names of the talent, all the names, including the hot tags. Usually they're not redacted. I'll give you some inside, inside uh, the by the book studio here. Usually the names of the the hot tags are not redacted. I know where they are. I, I put them, kind of space them out relatively evenly among the names. I don't know who the opponents are, but I at least know where they are, so I know we're going to a hot tag. I didn't do that this time. I cut and paste the names. There's a column on my spreadsheet for the hot tags. It has the name of the team and the name of uh, who is doing the hot tag. Well, I moved the name of the team over, neglecting to move the name of the tag because then I'd know the hot tag was there and I wanted it to be random. But I can see the flaw in that now in that, A, the team is Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA. Now, here I got two problems. Number one, Is that a hot tag? I see it in my hot tag folder, so I know it exists. My other question is, have I done that team before? So now I have to search for Dusty. I have not. Right? Right. Okay. I should just start over, truthfully. Truthfully, 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 I should start over. I am I am struggling, which is the perfect time, I suppose, to reach out my hand and say, Jeremy, you got to get in here. I'm, I'm blown up. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to tap out. Jeremy, Jeremy, give me that. It's the hot tag. That's the U.S. heavyweight title held by that man. One part of America's team, the other part with us also, Dusty Rhodes. This is Magnum T.A. Well, you know, I couldn't help but listen to the words of a national heavyweight champion a little while ago talking about being the number one contender of the world's heavyweight championship. Well, Buddy Landell, really, who is zooming who? Because it's real plain to see. I'm the United States heavyweight champion. I am the number one contender. And any time you have any idea in your mind 
you can take this away from me. Jump. Don't stand back. Don't think about it too long because there's a lot of people out there who want a shot at this. And I'd be glad to mix it up with you at any time. I don't believe that there is any explanation for this right here. I mean, you can go all over the world and not see nothing as bad as this right here. And the thing is, me and the Maggie Mae just got back from Anchorage. We was on the private JCP sports plane, flew out there, dedicated ourselves to a group of kids, and came back here. Nature Boy Rick Flair, Slick Rick, if you will, it's not over between me and you. You got a little bit to do yet before you finish your thing. The legend and the man, there's a big difference between the legend and the man, Nature Boy Rick Flair, Ole and Iron Anderson, I'm gonna tell you right now, live on television, Jack, that I'm gonna hurt one of you real bad in the real near future. Dusty Rhodes knew Magnum TA was going to be the next big thing in the NWA, but he knew he wasn't quite there yet. Dusty took Magnum under his wing and formed the legendary tag team, America's Team. Dusty and Magnum feuded with heel teams like the Four Horsemen, the Russian Team, and the Midnight Express, a feud in which Dusty and Magnum eventually donned masks and rebranded themselves the James Gang. No one in the NWA was more over than Dusty or Magnum's singles, and no team was more over than America's Team. Their run was tragically cut short following Magnum's car accident in 1986. Surely more tag team accolades would have followed before Dusty set up Magnum to be the one to take the title from Flair. It is well worth anyone's time to look up some America's Team promos to experience how much Magnum was over with the fans to hear Dusty's iconic jive and for the most luxurious fur coats two men could ever hope to have. <laughs> Those fur coats are the thing I think about when I think about the team of Dusty and Magnum. And I also think right now, having had a few minutes to breathe, letting Jeremy take the shine, letting Jeremy take the momentum, I feel a little better. Not the best start to one of my podcasts ever, but we're getting there. Uh, Dusty and Magnum, you know, again, when I finally go back, when all that great content is uploaded to the Peacock or whatever, I will eventually get into that and I'll be able to start watching some of that. Having done all of the thumbnails, it really does make me want to keep watching that stuff. Uh, the thumbnails are pretty interesting and entertaining. Uh, who will Dusty and Magnum be facing? They will be facing the team of Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. I apologize again to all of the New Japan fans listening. Um, you're getting hosed, but good. Because I'm not familiar enough with uh, with those teams. Um, you know, I know Tai Chi. I'm impressed with Tai Chi. I used to hate Tai Chi, but now he's starting to, to grow on me. And I, I do enjoy Zack Sabre Jr. But I can't tell. I think they were recent tag champions. If they're not already, they're currently tag champions. Um, but I got to give this to America's team, I think. It's a shame that Tai Chi and Sabre weren't up against Ruckus and uh, Jigsaw. They would have had, had better luck. All right. Moving on here, our next team. Oh my goodness, they were they're they're setting up to battle, perhaps even at WrestleMania. Uh, Kevin Steen and El Generico. I suppose Sami Zayn is doing battle with Kevin Owens. I don't know what El Generico is up to these days. Uh, but this was a team Ring of Honor. Don't know a ton about them. Didn't have a tag team name, 
but they both, you know, surely move to NXT and WWE and have a lot of history. So I'm inclined to enjoy them. They will be taking on the team of... Oh, this is hard. Uh, the team of Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov. So again, let, let's review the rules. We have established rules in this season of the tournament. Rule number one. Teams I've seen have an advantage over teams I haven't seen. I have seen all four of these wrestlers, although to be fair... Again, I picture Dusty Rhodes and Magnum in fur coats. I picture Santana, Santana, Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov in bowlers and like three piece. They look like um, Bill Dundee when he was Squire William or Sir William. Um, don't know if I've watched them as a tag team. So I'll call that a draw. Neither of these teams have a name. We'll call that a draw. Um, Clearly, if we're talking about potential, I believe in the last episode we started considering potential. Steen and Generico had more potential as an actual tag team than Santino and Vladimir. They were a comedy act as much as I love Russell Silly. So I think we will give the win to Steen and Generico, if only because that sets up a very intriguing uh, round two matchup that we'll talk about at the end. Of course, have I been doing the... Uh, Constellations, no, because uh, why would I be organized and know what I was doing on this episode? Let's move on. We have another hot tag, our first from our good buddy Glenn. We're going to skip the intros, if only because that's an extra step I have to do (laughs) when editing. Glenn, tell me about the Golden Boys. Taking their name from Blackpool's Golden Mile, the Golden Boys, Stephen Regal and Robbie Brookside, working for All Star Wrestling, doing a lot of televised shows with with the TV era and the UK wrestling coming to an end. Their tag run only lasted a year, but the springboard it gave these two, I think, deserves a hot tag. Glenn, short but to the point. I don't know a lot about Robbie Brookside. I know who he is as a coach. I know he is the father of Zaya Brookside, who I am quite fond of. But as a wrestler himself, I don't know a lot about his career outside of the fact that he teamed with Regal for a while. And Regal, of course, we know I know quite a bit about. Um, so thank you, Glenn, for the hot tag. I enjoy the concept of the Golden Boys. Let's see who they are facing. Oh my goodness, it's Glenn on Glenn action. Suddenly this episode doesn't seem like a train wreck after all. Brothers in real life, the Royal Brothers, Burt Royal and Vic Faulkner were the top babyface tag team of the 1960s and 70s in the UK. Burt with his sound map based UK style and Vic with a fast paced high flying style that had not been seen at that time in the UK. They had the crowds eating out of their hands. In 1984, after taking part in a tag tournament in the UK, Owen Hart called Vic Faulkner the most complete wrestler he had ever seen. High praise, even if it was from a 19-year-old Hart. A 19-year-old Hart and the winner of Corona Cup Season 1, Glenn. Uh, I promise you, once again... I promise you this was all randomized. It was redacted. I didn't see it. I had no idea that we would have 
two hot tags uh, pairing up against each other. But I am so glad we did, even if one of these teams is, is going to get hosed a little bit because they probably both should advance. <sighs> I love William Regal, Stephen Regal, Steve Regal. Call him what you will. I don't have any knowledge of Burt Royal or Vic Faulkner. Um, they both have team names. I haven't seen either of them. I think at this point I need to go with not potential but career accomplishments as a team. It appears that the Royal Brothers were a team for parts of the 60s and the 70s, so perhaps over a decade as a team. In fact, if they were six, could, could be 20 years as a team. Golden Boys, Regal and Brookside, one year. I think based on that statistic alone, I have to give the win to the Royal Brothers. Uh, as much as I love Regal, and I do, I think in order to be to be legit and honest and forthright with the tournament, we got to go with career accomplishments in this instance. There are probably plenty of times when I did not stick to that rule in other matchups. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. And in this case, I'm giving the win to the Royals. Glenn, I hope your hot tag isn't next because it really would seem suspicious to do three in a row. So my fingers are crossed. Oh, thank God for chronic. Chronic, ladies and gentlemen. Chronic. Brian Adams. Brian Clark. Um... Is it my favorite iteration of Brian Adams? Let's think. I love Crush. I did not like Kona Crush. I was a fan of Evil Crush with the facial hair and the cool face paint. I remember thinking as a kid that I would like to grow up and look like that. Not with the face paint necessarily, but just be that tall and imposing, and I like the facial hair. Um, didn't care for him in The Nation. Didn't care for him in the DOA. Didn't particularly care for him as a member of the NWO. So it is a toss-up between this chronic, not the Kiss Demon, uh, the Brian Adams in chronic or uh, Heel Crush, my two favorite versions. Uh, obviously, Brian Clark, you had me with Adam Bomb. I liked Wrath. I did enjoy Wrath. I remember being a kid and being like, wait, that's the that's the Adam Bomb guy. Um but Adam Bomb, the, the goggles, the contact lenses, the, yeah. Uh, but I was a fan of Chronic, you know. Uh, they were a good team, enjoyable part of the end of WCW. They are taking, oh, <laughs> now hold on. How is this? Oh, that's how. They are taking on, this match may have happened sometime in 2001, uh, the Brothers of Destruction. Now this is what I feel to be the inferior version, this is my personal opinion, don't yell at me, but in my personal opinion, the inferior version of the Brothers of Destruction are actually when The Undertaker is the dead man. American Badass Undertaker and Kane loved them. Um, dead man and Kane, meh, this is kind of older, later Undertaker, later Kane. Um, Having said that, the two really hard matchups right back to back between the two Glenn hot tags and now this. Uh, brr, yo, hey, baby, let me think. Uh, that was not my Christopher Walken. You might have thought it was, but it wasn't. 
I, you got to go with the Brothers of Destruction. I mean, come on now. As much as I love Chronic, Chronic had potential, um, whether it was attitude or just the fact that they were part of WCW. It didn't really get them as far. And then Brian Adams passed away relatively soon after that, if I remember correctly. Brian Adams, wrestler, not the singer. Um, 2007. Okay, so not... Not right away. I thought it was right away. Uh, but that, again, that would be a fantastic matchup to watch. I'll give the win to the Brothers of Destruction in this instance. <sighs> We're doing all the hot tags on just this page. Gear up, friends. Jeremy, back to you. be said that the fabulous ones were the originators of the pretty boy tag team gimmick, the gimmick that teams such as the Rock and Roll Express, the Fantastics, and the Rockers eventually emulated. It was Jerry Lawler who had the brilliant idea of producing the Fab's music video, which has become, become iconic and well worth your time to seek out. Stan Lane and Steve Kern were the duo who men wanted to be and women wanted to be with. They had a legendary and very violent feud with the Sheep Herders, as the pretty boy versus ugly monster dynamic produced sellouts all over the country. The Fabs had success in Memphis, Dallas, Florida, and the AWA, and always found themselves in the title mix. They did reunite a few times in the 90s, but never achieved the success they did have had in the 80s when they were considered one of the best tag teams in the world. Shows how little I know about this era of wrestling i always assumed that the fabulous ones were heels but if they're facing the sheep herders in a pretty boy versus monsters that implies that they're baby faces plus i love that the announcer was like it's the fabulous ones the fabs oh 80s wrestling you were so entertaining um, that's it for Jeremy's hot tags. We will uh, hear from Glenn one more time before this episode is over. Uh, hopefully it'll wait till page 26. Otherwise, well, it's just going to be a busy page 25, I suppose. Let's continue the fabulous ones taking on the Orient Express. Funny story about the Orient Express. Um, I was looking, I think at some AWA thumbnails, and I thought I had seen Bad Company. Turns out I hadn't, um, which led me down kind of a Wikipedia rabbit hole, reading about Bad Company, which then led to me reading about the Orient Express. I did not know that it ha was not Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka the entire time. There was actually, a, it was Sato and Kato, which, you know, makes you kind of rub your forehead in sadness. Uh, when you think about that, but um, I thought it was Paul Diamond the entire time, but it was Sato, and then when he left, they brought in Paul Diamond and said, hey, we'll put a mask on you, and you can pretend to be Asian, I guess. You know what I haven't said in a while? Quang! That has to do with nothing. Um, the Fabulous Ones, I, I am, so, oh my goodness, I am so out of it today, I wrote Fabulons. Uh, the fabulous ones, I think, clearly get the win here. 
while although the Orient Express was quite good, there was a was it a Rumble or a SummerSlam where they had a match with the Rockers? Probably once it was uh, Paul Diamond and it was Bad Company versus the Rockers. That I remember being ridiculously good, especially for the era. Anyways, let's let's get a page let's get a page finished here. Uh, the number two team is Ten Cozy. Uh, Tenzan and the breadman Satoshi Kojima. Satoshi Kojima. Um, I once again hope I do not offend the New Japan fans. Let's see who they're taking on. The Vashans. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm hitting things. Oh, my goodness. The birds. Let me tell you something. Let me get really close to the mic. Um, I think the birds have bewitched me. Because I am, I am a hot mess right now, friends. I don't mind telling you. I am a hot mess. We are about a half an hour in, and I haven't even finished the first page. I, 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 I'm going to keep going. The show must go on. But I'm in rough shape, all right? Let me tell you. Be kind to me when talking about this episode, because I am in rough shape. The Vashans. I don't know nearly enough about the Vashans. What I know about the Vashans is from their time. Uh, at one point, one of them gets their leg taken off by, I want to say it's the New Age Outlaws, who's using it as a weapon. Um, but I could be wrong about that. It could have been the Heart Foundation. I don't recall. Uh, so in this case, we will give the win to Ten Cozy because this is a situation where I actually am more familiar with them as a team than I am with... Uh, the Vashans. So there you go. We finished page one. Here are the pages 25, technically, first page of this episode. <laughs> the Gorillas of Destiny versus Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner. Probably a very good match. Dusty and Magnum versus Kevin Steen and Al Generico. That sounds delightful. Um, the Royal Brothers versus the Brothers of Destruction. And then the Fabulous Ones versus Ten Cozy. I am going to go take a little break. I'm going to take a walk around the apartment. I'm going to refill my water glass, even though it's only half empty. I'm going to breathe. I will be back before you know it. And we'll get page 26 done. And it's going to be a better time for everyone. I promise you. Two hours later. Welcome back. To buy the book. <sighs> I feel better. Took a longer break than I expected. Spent some time with my beautiful wife. Relaxed. Enjoyed. Life was good. I uh, realized that for some reason, oh, that's what I did. Earlier in the show, when I wasn't myself, um... I was chastising myself, that's the word, chastising, uh, for having not put down Tai Chi and Saber's name in the constellations. Well, it turns out I put it on page 26 because I really was not paying attention. Um, haven't eaten much today. Uh, my body is having a much harder time adjusting from daylight savings time than it usually does. So it, it's been it's been a rough day, but I'm feeling better. I was able to recognize what I had done. 
I think we're good to go. Let's continue. Page 26 deserves deserves me at my best. I had Glenn and Jeremy to rely on when I was down on page 25. Page 26, I'm ready to pick up the slack. The number one seed, America's Most Wanted from TNA. I enjoyed that team a lot. I understand that some might say beer money is the better team. That's totally fine. Uh, I was partial to AMW. I thought Wildcat Chris Harris was going to be a big star. One of those rare times I was just, no, actually, it's not that rare. I was just wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. They are taking on the number 16 team, which is the Master Blasters. Uh, We could do an entire podcast, I think. Maybe an entire mini tournament uh, drafting, not drafting, ranking in bracket formation, the various gimmicks of one Kevin Nash. Um, This was very early on. He was Steel, I think. Uh, I know Al Green was the other Master Blaster, but I don't remember what his name was. Uh, That gimmick really had nothing to speak of. AMW clearly gets the win. We're back into the redacted and randomized tag teams. We begin with the Headbangers. The Headbangers are our next team. Uh, Not the Flying Nuns. The Headbangers. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Let's pause for a moment. Do a patented DC tangent. Um, I don't know if you do your shopping, if you've still gone to the grocery store during all of this, or if you get your groceries delivered. My wife and I started getting our groceries delivered before the pandemic, a few months before the pandemic. Um, You know, every Sunday morning I was at the grocery store. I would sometimes go to the grocery store one or two times during the week as well, which was a lot. And so we decided, hey, let's try this grocery delivery service. Um, You know, I think we had like a free trial or something. Let's see how it goes. So we try it. We rather like it. Saves me having to go to the store, controls uh, the spending and some of the food choices because I am an impulse buyer. If I'm walking up and down an aisle of a grocery store and I see something that I think we might need, I will pick it up. And uh, so... I've lost my train. <laughs> I'm okay. I took a break. I just, my brain does not do today, friends. And I, again, I could go through and edit a lot of this out, but I just, you've seen me at my best. You've probably seen me at my worst. Maybe this sets a new record. I don't know. Either way, uh, we signed up for a year-long membership for the grocery delivery service. It tells us we've saved hundreds and hundreds of hours. But lately what I have noticed is that the shoppers, smart people, don't blame them. They've figured out that if they take two or sometimes three orders at a time, they maximize the amount of money they make because they can do all of the shopping at once and then just do three deliveries. So while I was on my break, my wife and I ordered groceries. Haven't ordered in a while. 
wanted something nice for dinner, got some snacks, got some fruit, maybe a couple of things for the week ahead. It's a Saturday. We order. Um, and I can tell right away that this is somebody who has multiple orders. This is somebody who has multiple uh carts going. I don't know how they do it. If they have like little cardboard things, if they split it, if they're just trying to remember it all. I try to imagine how I would do it. I'd like to think I'd like try to segment the cart in some way Um, because, you know, they get all of our produce and then there's 10 or 15 minutes where they're doing nothing because I'm one of those impulsive people. I keep checking. Um, And then they get all the grocery items and then there's another 10 or 15 minute break. So suffice to say, it's been a while. They got most of the items we're looking for. That's not the issue. Uh, I only bring up this tangent because the order was supposed to be here by 4.45. It's 4.49. They checked out at around 4.30. I can see the parking lot of the local Mega Mart. Now, you could say, hey, DC, if you can see the driveway of the local Mega Mart, why are you doing grocery delivery? I don't want to get sick. I've been partially vaccinated. I'm not fully vaccinated. I don't want to be in a group of people. I don't want to get sick. So I am happy to pay a little bit extra for someone to bring the groceries to me. That is a luxury that I can afford. But they were supposed to be here five minutes ago. And I know it's because we were not the first people they chose to deliver to, which is weird because I can see the parking lot of the Mega Mart. Um, So I got a text just now. The driver can communicate with you. Thank you for using name of the service, to service your delivery. It was my pleasure to have been your shopper today. I hope and I am very confident that you were satisfied with my five-star service provided to you. I am on my way to deliver and will see you very shortly. Thank you again and stay safe. I appreciate the politeness. I appreciate that they send messages. But you're late. You very clearly did not prioritize the items on my list. You were trying to shop for everybody. And again, kudos to you. But you're late. We ordered... Over two hours ago, because you're supposed to, it's supposed to be within two hours. So we ordered at 2.45. It is now 4.51, and my food is not here. There it is. I can see the car pulling in right now. That must be the person here to deliver my food. But you will not be getting five stars, and I will be reducing the tip that I give you because you're late. Now, are they only six minutes late? Yes, but it's a principle of the thing. If you're going to take multiple orders... Make sure you are able to do it in an amount of time to be able to get the orders to the people when you say you're going to get them to us. I'll be interested to see, maybe, maybe, if they've gotten all the orders, if they haven't made any mistakes, because often they make mistakes, then maybe we'll keep the tip. But you're running late, and for some reason this afternoon, that chose to irritate me. The doorbell's going to go off in a minute. So once again, I got to go. Hopefully it won't be an hour or so before I finish. But you know what? You never know. It's almost dinner time. Clearly, I'm a hangry boy. Maybe it'll be another couple hours. But either way, we'll talk more about the headbangers because we really didn't do jack in this section of the podcast. But we'll talk more about the headbangers and continue this at some point down the future. Heaven help me. Food is good. Did you know that? Did you know that food is good? So after the groceries arrived, six minutes late, um, I put them away, and I made some dinner, and now I feel guilty for having talked badly about the shopper, 
because six minutes really isn't that big of a deal. Um, again, I don't want to fault someone who has decided to support themselves through grocery delivery for whatever reason. Um, I don't want to fault them for making a smart choice. But I, I was hangry. I'm not often hangry, but in that case, I was hangry. And so we had ordered some sirloin steak tips, which I cooked up with some onions. I put some little baby carrots and some fingerling potatoes. You put them in the microwave for a few minutes to soften them, get the cooking started. Then I popped them in the air fryer. And by the time I had had my second little, because I cut the steak up into small pieces, by the time I had had the second one, I could feel myself feeling a little more with it and together. And I'm grateful this podcast exists, both the, the podcast as a whole and this particular episode, because, you know, we're coming up on the year anniversary uh, of COVID and quarantine, and we're not all okay all the time. This has been a rough 365 days, rougher for some than for others. <clears throat> and sometimes you just don't do well. And I was not doing well earlier, but I, I feel like I'm going to be okay now. Um, the food is here. I'll snack on it as we go. <sighs> what a journey this has been. Uh, Mosh and Thrasher were the headbangers. Um, I watched them. They reminded me of who the kids in my high school, the skaters in my high school, whom I wanted to be, by the way. I'm sure I've mentioned that before. I wanted to be a skater, despite not owning a skateboard or having balance. Um, I felt like the headbangers were kind of what the kids in my high school were trying to be and not being able to do it being from rural Connecticut. Um, they weren't great, but they weren't bad. So that's, you know, that's, I think what we can say safely about the head bangers. Where am I here? Oh, did I accidentally delete their name? I did. They're back. We're good. Uh, they are going up against, uh, another random ECW team, and that would be Too Cold Scorpio and the Sandman. Um, random. I think they were both heel, no, baby faces at the time. Um, this is the Sandman relative, mm, I don't even know if it was relatively early, in his post-surfer run. But they weren't bad. I'm not a fan of the Sandman, never really have been. But the Headbangers had a team name and were a team for longer. So I think we got to give them. Plus, uh, Thrasher, Glenn, Ruth, I want to say. You know, f to be able to have a run um, after being a jobber. Like, he went, you know, your guys like Scotty Too Hotty, Just Incredible, um, and Thrasher, you know, were looking up at the lights, and they were able to turn it into championships and, you know, a career. So that's pretty cool. So I will give the win to the Headbangers, Scorpio and Sandman, into the constellations. Let's continue. Pretty wonderful. Ah, oh. was this the first team 
I remember watching them, like WCW Worldwide and other shows like that. And this might have been the first time I was cognizant of the fact that they had taken parts of their nicknames and turned it into a team name. Pretty Paul Roma, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I am sure that happened earlier with other teams. But I remember being just so struck with how funny that was. Plus, they had the sequined robes, and I was not a Ric Flair fan. Moreover, I didn't even really know a whole lot about Ric Flair. So guys like Roma and Orndorff, who were just copying the sequined robes of their predecessors, to me were quasi-originators. So I'm a fan of Pretty Wonderful, is what I'm trying to say. And they're taking on, this is a match right out of WCW Saturday night. Uh, after being the Quebecers, uh, Jacques and Pierre go to WCW, and they are the amazing French Canadians. Ha <laughs> um, Yeah, there's no doubt Pretty Wonderful wins. That one, while it would be a very fun match, uh, the French Canadians, the, that team was, was about done by that point. Jacques Rougeau getting a little old. Um, Pierre, not quite. I think this is pre-pirate. I don't remember if it was before being a pirate or after. But either way, I'm giving pretty wonderful the victory there. Moving on. Oh, William Regal represented twice in this episode, as he should. This is his team with Tajiri. I have moments of sadness when I think about uh, the network moving to Peacock. Um, according to, I believe his Twitter name is the Oracle of Wrestling. According to him, there's already a pretty decent catalog of WWE stuff on there which is better than I think any of us really expected. I haven't looked, haven't signed up. But at the same time, you know, I doubt that era. Like, I want to watch the Regal and Tajiri stuff. I remember being aware of it, but I wasn't watching religiously. Um, and I'm probably going to miss it. It's probably going to take me a while to get to that era, and I'm bummed about that. Uh, but Tajiri and Regal, love them both as individual wrestlers, think they would have made a great team. They are taking on, oh, I legitimately couldn't talk for a minute. Oh, ow. Oh, I'm not in actual pain. Like, I don't want you to think I like am choking or having trouble with my uh, delicious steak tips. It's the faces of fear. Now, again, I feel like. We have mentioned them already, but we have not. Tajiri and Regal versus Ming and the Barbarian, the faces of fear. I wasn't supposed to record this episode. Let's just accept that now. And the reason why I wasn't supposed to record this episode is because Regal is just getting screwed. Because as much as I like Regal and I like Tajiri, the Faces of Fear is a fantastic tag team. Um, Meng and the Barbarian, who knew each other since they were, I think, in sumo together, if I remember the story right. 
Um, wonderful team. Should have been bigger. Could have absolutely been bigger in, t in that monster, he you know, monster era. Tag team sort of thing. But yeah, they have to beat Jerry and Regal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, your lordship. You'll beat the French Canadians in round two. I, I can, or in the consolations. I can, I can at least promise you that. But, oh. Yeah, Meng and the Barbarian, great team. With Jimmy Hart at ringside, even better. Uh, the team of Decay. Had I known that Decay was next, I would have cheated. Not going to lie. I would have absolutely cheated and moved some things around so that the Faces of Fear and Tajiri and Regal could advance. But I didn't. And I'm not going to. I'm going to honor the randomness. That was good dinner. Um... Decay is Abyss and a guy named Crazy Steve. I have no idea who Crazy Steve is. I like Abyss. I have no idea what this team is. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. Um, two teams I don't know anything about, at least in terms of, you know, as having seen them. The next team is Ohio versus everything, which I want to say are the Christ Brothers, C-R-I-S-T, Christ Brothers. Um, so Chris O V E, I don't even know what they look like. Oh, Ohio versus everything was an American professional wrestling stable that consisted primarily of Sammy Callahan, Dave Christ, Jake Christ, and Madman Fulton. Well, that is an incredibly helpful thing to know. And the reason why that is an incredibly helpful thing to know it's because Sammy Callahan's part of it. And Sammy Callahan, I believe, qualifies for the, not the bad guy rule, but just the dumb guy rule. Now, if we're counting this as the Christ brothers, then that's different. But again, I, I think I'm looking at a picture of them. Yep, there we go. Uh, yeah, have never seen them before in my life. Um. So let me just take a second, since this episode is just so far off the rails anyways. Uh, let me look at Decay here. Oh, Abyss looks different. I like that. Okay, they're almost kind of Joker-esque there. Yeah, sure. Why not? Decay. Decay wins. Um, they just look more intriguing as a tag team. So I will give them the victory over Ohio versus everything. If you disagree... Let me know. If you've made it 50 minutes in when we're not done, let me know. <clears throat> oh, I have, we have been doing this for so long that I forgot uh, their hot tags. And so to that end, Glenn, give me your last hot tag of the day. As televised wrestling in the UK became more popular in the 1960s, it was decided that Bobby Barnes would team with another wrestler who, like him, Don long blonde locks and wore outrageous ring attire, this being one Adrian Street. The team, named by the promoters as the Hells Angels, was soon a great success with the fans around the country, where they topped the bill on many occasions, and as they paraded around the ring, got some choice words from the fans sat at ringside, and although they entered the ring to a chorus of boos, were in fact highly regarded. 
The team broke up in 1974 when Adrian Street left the UK for America. And although Adrian was replaced in the tag team by Magnificent Morris, the pair never achieved the same heights as Barnes had reached with Street. All right. Hell's Angels are the team on the list right now. <clears throat> I hear a lot about Adrian Street. I actually think the day I'm recording this in the Bestie chat, they were talking about Adrian Street, um, which is interesting. I think this week's episode of Piece of Business Podcast is an Adrian Street match. That is on my list of things to listen to with the rest of the weekend. So I hope to be able to check in on that soon. Hell's Angels is taking on... Uh, Diamonds in the Rough, a TNA team, David Young, who was way too good of a wrestler for how, like, he looked. He looked like, if you've seen Deadpool 2, the guy who plays, I think his name is Peter. He didn't look like Peter, but it was just, you You don't, why are you here? You look like you were setting up the ring crew, not Ralphus, kind of. Um, but he was a darn good pro wrestler, and Elix Skipper. Um... I don't feel bad at all giving them the loss. That was kind of their thing, Young and Skipper. Um, So they will lose to the Hells Angels and, again, probably be able to beat Ohio versus everything unless somebody gives me a reason why not. Finish line's approaching, friends. We can make this in under an hour. I'm sure of it. The Golden Lovers. We had the Golden Boys. These are the Golden Lovers. Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi. Uh, People loved this team. People were crazy about this team. People wanted them to feud with each other uh, as like a breakup of this team. I don't think I've ever seen a Golden Lovers match. I know who both of them are. Kota is very good. Kenny is fine. That's my opinion on Kenny Omega. He's fine. And they are taking on... Uh, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Lucky uh, break for... No, why am I writing Axel's name down? Uh, Lucky break for Omega and Ibushi, because had they been against a team with a name, Axel and Balls didn't have one that I'm aware of, um, or a team that was, you know, slightly better, like, I would have picked the French Canadians probably, over the Golden Lovers. Maybe not. Definitely pretty wonderful. Um, So I will give the Golden Lovers uh, the nod because that's an interesting tag team name, if anything. Perhaps while I wait for Peacock to get uh, the WWE Network up and running smoothly, I will venture back onto New Japan Pro World and watch some Golden Lovers matches. We'll see. Stranger things have happened. We have one team left. They are taking on the number two seed on this page, and that would be the team of The Miz and John Morrison. John Morrison appeared in way more WWE Network thumbnails than I ever thought he would have. He was around for a long time. Um, Miz and Morrison, great team, having a good run now. So a decade or so after their first run. They are taking on uh, the team of TM61, Nick Miller, and Shane Thorne. Um, they were the Mighty Don't Kneel in the Indies and in Australia. They came to um, NXT and were TM61. Uh, they had a great match with the Authors of Pain, I believe, um, but they never reached the heights that I think anyone was expecting them to. Then Nick Miller went back to Australia, I want to say, um, decided he didn't want to do this anymore. Shane Thorne, now part of Retribution, but I still believe Shane Thorne and Buddy Murphy 
Maybe with the Iconics, maybe not. They could be a multi-time tag champions. That would be a great uh, duo to put together in case any of you in the WWE Brain Trust is listening. Um, having said that, Miz and Morrison will get the win, of course. And we have finally, <laughs> finally uh, made it to the end of episode 13. Uh, unlucky 13. It, we started, we stopped. It, I started this, I think, like four hours ago. It's been a roller coaster, but I hope you've noticed. I at least feel like I'm sounding more like I know what I'm talking about uh, the last few bits. Uh, here are the round two matchups for page 26 America's Most Wanted versus the Headbangers. Sure, why not? Pretty Wonderful versus Faces of Fear. Another match right out of WCW Saturday Night, and I am here for it. Uh, Decay versus Hell's Angels. Sure. And probably the best match on this page, the Golden Lovers, Omega and Ibushi versus Miz and Morrison. Um, do we have an, an amazing main event level match <clears throat> that we covered in this episode? Maybe uh, Dusty and Magnum America's team versus Kevin Steen and El Generico. That would probably be a fantastic match. But you know what we have on this page? Quality. Quality matches. Thanks to the hot tags, we did five of them on this episode, which goes very well towards us getting them all done by the time we, we need to. There are only six pages left. And on the next page, page 27, I'll give you a little tease uh, to end this episode. Um, the number one seed on page 27 is a team that I probably would not give a number one seed to if I was doing the rankings today. I've soured on this team. You can try to figure out which teams are left and who could it be. <sighs> My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews, and I am so, so, so grateful to all of you for joining me on this episode. Um, I'm not even going to apologize because I think y'all like it when you listen to me lose my mind up in her, as the kids say. This chapter is mercifully closed. I will see you the next time we go by the book.